It's Saturday, May the 9th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, American unemployment hits post-war high, and Europe remembers VE Day. First, the week in brief. More than 20 million Americans lost their jobs in April, sending the unemployment rate surging to 14.7%, a post-war high. Losses were particularly severe in sectors most affected by the coronavirus lockdowns, such as hospitality and leisure. Average earnings, however, were actually higher than in April 2019, because many of the jobs lost were at the lower end of the pay scale. The opening match of a new football season kicked off in South Korea, the first high-level league to begin after the global sporting shutdown. Europe is not far behind. The competition was allowed to start as new daily coronavirus infections in South Korea have fallen to single digits or even zero. Measures aimed at stopping the spread of the disease, no fans, no excessive spitting by players, etc., are in place. Deforestation of the Amazon continues to speed up. Brazilian government data showed that compared with 2019, 55% more forest was cut down in the first four months of 2020 and 64% more in April. President Jair Bolsonaro responded by sending more soldiers to fight illegal logging, but he himself has said the Amazon should be exploited for agriculture and mining. The European Court of Justice has reaffirmed its authority on matters relating to EU law and EU institutions, notably the European Central Bank. It responded after Germany's Constitutional Court upheld some complaints about the purchase of bonds by the ECB. National courts are required to ensure that EU law takes full effect, huffed the ECJ. The fight may not end here. A federal watchdog recommended that Rick Bright, who was ousted from a government research agency working on COVID-19, be temporarily reinstated while it investigated whether the Trump administration retaliated against him. Lawyers had filed a whistleblower complaint saying that he had been removed because he tried to expose cronyism and corruption at the Department of Health and Human Services and to push for a stronger response to the coronavirus. Hundreds of protesters gathered outside a courthouse in Georgia to demonstrate against the delay in charging two white men with the shooting of an unarmed black man. This week, a former police officer and his son were charged with killing 25-year-old Ahmaud Arbery in February. A video of the killing had been shared widely on social media days before the charges were made. And Britain will introduce a mandatory two-week quarantine for anyone entering from abroad, it was widely reported. The measure is likely to be announced by Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, on Sunday, along with a gentle easing of lockdown restrictions. Key workers, travellers from the Republic of Ireland and lorry drivers bringing goods into the country will probably be exempt. And now, here's today's agenda. Coming attractions, cinema after Covid. It is a long intermission. Most cinemas in the West closed in March and few will reopen before July when the next big films are due. When the curtains rise, the movies will be different. Expect fewer theatres, the big chains were heavily indebted even before the pandemic and will sell properties to pay their bills. But also expect bigger blockbusters. Falling cinema attendance means ever greater competition to be among the three or four titles that most Americans see each year. Last year, the top five took a quarter of the domestic box office, nearly double the share in 2000. Middling movies are being squeezed. 
Meanwhile, companies like Disney must feed their new streaming services with fresh content, so are skipping the theatre for all but the most spectacular releases. Pandemic or not, audiences will see more films on the small screen as cinemas become venues for blockbusters only. Material evidence, mask making at home. Governments are increasingly asking citizens to wear masks, and with people making them at home because buying them is so difficult, a team of chemists decided to test how effectively different materials found around the house filter viruses. They created a range of droplets, including those of the same size as the droplets of saliva on which the novel coronavirus is thought to travel. They then blew them across the textiles commonly found in wardrobes and measured what got through. They report in ACS Nano, a journal, that masks made from tightly woven cotton placed over chiffon or silk functioned nearly as well as much-sought N95 masks, which filter 95% of small airborne particles. The cotton layer functions as a mechanical filter and the chiffon silk layer as an electrostatic one. For those not keen on cutting up evening gowns, it is worth noting that cotton paired with flannel proved a decent alternative. It's all kicking off, football in Germany. Germany's Bundesliga will lead European football's restart from coronavirus. On Wednesday, the Chancellor Angela Merkel gave the league permission to play its first games next weekend. It will not be business as usual. Attendances will be limited to players, officials, support staff and the press. Players will be tested twice a week and anyone testing positive will be isolated. The first two rounds of testing returned 12 positive results. They have also received guidelines about where to stay before matches, how to travel to grounds and where to shower. For all the understandable excitement, much still depends on the fans who must not congregate outside stadiums and the players who must stick to the rules. It is also unclear what happens if a spate of positive tests stops a team fulfilling its fixtures. The German experiment will be instrumental in determining the fate not just of Europe's football leagues, but that of many other sports facing a backlog of matches and financial peril. Singing the Blues, The Eddie the jazz club has proved irresistible to filmmakers. Biopics of musicians such as Billie Holiday, Lady Sings the Blues, and Charlie Parker, Bird, abound, as do factual documentaries. Films have imagined what it takes to make it as an artist, Mo Better Blues, Whiplash, and featured protagonists who dream of opening their own club, La La Land. The Eddie, a limited series released on Netflix yesterday, focuses on a venue down on its luck. Elliot, André Holland, a former musician, owns a small club on the outskirts of Paris. He is already struggling to manage his teenage daughter and the egos of his house entertainers when he becomes embroiled in a dodgy business with some disagreeable characters. The drama has received good reviews and no doubt lockdown viewers will watch it if only to imagine themselves among the patrons, crowded around dimly lit tables while performers hold court on stage. Wartime Memories, Liberation Day in the Channel Islands Union Jacks lowered, replaced with swastikas. This was the British government's worst nightmare in the early years of the Second World War, and in June 1940 it became reality in the Channel Islands, the only British territory to come under Nazi control. Today they celebrate their 75th annual Liberation Day since the German surrender. The islands just off France's northern coast endured almost five years of Nazi rule. Food shortages inspired Guernsey's famous potato peel pie. 
With a media blackout in place, local journalists set up an underground news service. Jersey's residents daubed swastikas on the houses of anyone considered too cosy with the invaders. But the islands were not exactly a hotbed of anti-Nazi resistance. Just two local politicians spoke out against anti-Semitic orders. Jews were registered and their businesses liquidated, most were deported, three died in Auschwitz. Indeed, the island's experience weakens post-war claims that Britain would have resisted Nazi occupation more strongly than other European states. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Fred Astaire, who was born tomorrow in 1899. The higher up you go, the more mistakes you're allowed. Right at the top, if you make enough of them, it's considered to be your style. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.